0: You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show.
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining another edition of the Currency Cloud Payments Innovation Podcast. I'm really excited to be joined by Porsche Pont from Tiger Flow Global Payments, Porsche, why don't you just give the audience, you know, a quick history, your background, uh, and what drove you to, you know, want to create TigerFlow uh, Global Payments after you're coming out of the banks and all that?
0: Right, right. Yep. So, um, thanks, Jeff, for having me on the podcast. My name is Porsche. I'm one of the co-founders of TigerFlow Global Payments. TigerFlow provides low-cost and transparent global banking and payment solutions to small and medium-sized businesses. For my background, my background is in banking. I spent the last decade working in all three facets of foreign exchange, which are sales, trading, and operations. And this is where I really developed a passion for international trade and cross-border payments and all the issues that lie within.
1: Great. And getting just kind of with your background, obviously, the banks, international trade, kind of taking a bit of a, a right turn here, but what do you think about what's happening in the economy with potential recession fears and the tariffs with China? What do you guys, how do you guys see that impacting the small businesses?
0: You know, I've I've been talking to a few businesses here, and and what I hear mostly from the businesses is that they don't know how to handle it. Right, so one of the biggest things is. For a, for a small and medium-sized business is that they don't have the resources uh, they they're already running a very lean operation but when it comes to like these new tariffs and like you know uh, having to navigate the new ways of uh, how things are working they just don't have the resources they kind of find themselves lost in this whole thing and just try they're just trying to keep their head above the water you know
1: mhm do you so when when you work with your customers in the SMB space and even to the medium-sized enterprises do you kind of go in or consultative approach and and kind of help educate some of these companies about you know why they need to be following this stuff and, and how it will impact their business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of the main things we focus on is payments, um, and, and then to to my surprise, Jeff, is that a lot of small and medium-sized businesses they they don't even know what they're getting charged in foreign exchange, right? So so they talk about. Uh, other issues. But when it comes down to, you know, let's talk about payments here for a second. When they're uh, they're looking at their foreign exchange uh, exposure, they really don't have a good understanding of, you know, what it's costing them or how to hedge it or how to manage it. So that's the conversation mm-hmm. I'm having mostly with these small and uh, medium-sized businesses is, you know, there, there's so much fluctuation happening right now. And how do they manage their cash flow and, and protect themselves or at least, you know, limit the risk? Mm-hmm. And Tiger Flow
1: Obviously, you're you're kind of across the United States, but are you, you're pretty targeted, I think, in like the Southern California market. Have you what are you seeing as far as in that market concerns from the SMBs, and you know what what kind of customers are are most uh, trying to market today?
0: Um, so so the Western Seaboard here in California, you know, we've got a diverse uh, group of businesses. You know, you'll find businesses of all kinds the ones that we're trying to focus on obviously is uh companies that have you know annual revenue of anywhere from a million dollars to to a billion dollars but i think is in terms of the industry it's it's so diverse here uh jeff you know i i feel like we find every every type of industry you think that you would find the media industry and stuff that's like true. that which is very dominant that's for sure yeah. but you know when you uh, but, but uh, any type of uh businesses that you're looking for you know that it's plenty here in california
1: yeah. So it's really spreads the, the entire gamut across California. Yeah. Yep, yeah, it is. Excellent. What are some of the innovations that TigerFlow is working on in regards to uh, this payments in FX that's going to kind of differentiate yourselves from, I guess, a traditional bank? I'm assuming most of these SMBs are using their local bank or maybe even a global, a larger uh, regional global bank. Mm
0: hmm. So I, th- I think, you know, let's start with the problem, right? So so what is the problem and what are we trying to solve? So the problem in my mind is the biggest problem because <laughs> there's so many problems with international payments and so much can go wrong. But the biggest problem is the problem of non-transparency and non-standardization of pricing. You know, I jokingly call it the used car dealership model where the less you know is the more you'll end up paying and vice versa. And, it, and it's kind of true. It's sad, but it's true in the in the payments industry, especially in foreign exchange. You know, large corporations, they get extremely competitive pricing when it comes to foreign exchange because mm-hmm. they have the resources like expensive Bloomberg terminals or, you know, our international treasury professionals, or the volume needed to tr- bid out their trades against multiple banks. But, you know, you look at the SME segment, which is also considered the uh, backbone of our U.S. economy. And they're disproportionately impacted by unfair foreign exchange practices because they don't have access to the same resources, you know, to keep these margins competitive. Mm-hmm. And and more importantly, SMBs uh, like I mentioned earlier typically run a lean operation and they don't have the extra headcount, you know, to call multiple banks or or to run after a lost payment all day long. So so for SMEs what I've realized is they need a more specialized and uh simplified set of solutions and, you know, uh And our definition of that is a payment provider that is obsessively transparent and fair about pricing and also provides excellent personalized customer service. And that is the void we're trying to fill. Right. And in your conversations with the
1: SMBs so far, I mean, what are you seeing with their kind of what is standard in the marketplace for for these companies as far as their FX rates and their pricing? Have Have you been able to gather any data on that?
0: Yeah so what's interesting is that like I said you know a lot of companies don't even know what they're getting charged but in doing you know so so we do free analysis for for our prospects we'll we'll uh, take a look at their payments and t- take a look at the historical data and see what they've been getting Mm -hmm. And on average, you know, you'll see anywhere from two to four percent for smaller businesses. And when you go into the middle market, you know, it's anywhere from one to three percent. So it really, really varies from company to company. And then again, it comes down to how much does this does this company or how much, you know, do the individuals within these companies know about foreign exchange? And uh, recently I had a conversation with a pretty large company. They do over a billion dollars in annual revenue. Even for them, they didn't have a clear understanding of what they were getting charged, which was surprising to me. But, you know, that's that's the thing this problem is so big, but not a lot of people realize how big of a problem it is because it's eating eating into your profit margins. Right. It's you're you're giving up. Three to five percent of whatever you get from uh, from from overseas—that's it. That's a huge percentage of your of your profit that you're giving up, and and you know businesses don't realize that and they don't account for it. So I think you know that's that's been the biggest challenge mm-hmm. for us to to educate these people that uh, or businesses that you know you're you're getting two uh, to three percent or sometimes more than that, less you know when you when you're getting these payments from overseas and then they don't account for that. So now you know they're finally starting to realize, and then when, when, when we show them. The math of you know well, how much they've been uh, charged in the past, then they realize you know, and 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 I think they're they're more cognizant of it now, and and you know more open to working with other providers than just their banks. And yeah. I think a, a lot of times, one more thing that I hear is, oh no, we don't get charged anything; we just get charged a wire, which is absolutely not true. <laughs> but you know, they they have no understanding of uh, of what's being charged within the hidden, uh, you know, it's hidden within the foreign exchange fees, right? So so they don't have a clear understanding of that and what they see is the wire fee and they're like no you know our bank just charges us a 10 a 10 flat wire fee and that, that's all we get charged but when you look into the the foreign exchange rates and then you compare it to the historical rate and then you know you show them the difference you do it's simple math right so you do you do that math for them and then they start realizing they're like okay that does make sense
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's just, it's similar for scenario here currency cloud I'm speaking to a lot of our customers especially I feel like in North America, primarily the U.S., is that there's definitely a big education gap. Being a company from Europe or from the UK, right? You know, they're much more well versed over there. But in the U.S., I think it's still an education game. But I was going to ask you. You know, we've seen a lot of these kind of European, I guess, challenger banks, the N26s, the Revoluts, right. um, et cetera, coming to the U.S. Right. And I, I don't know if you guys have noticed. We we feel that we're starting to see. That change, where because these fintechs from Europe are coming to the u s the the existing fintechs such as yourself and you know other challenger banks that have been primarily domestic focused are now kind of shifting and starting to be more cognizant of uh, cross border and foreign exchange. Are you seeing something similar even down into the SMB world a little bit Yes, and
0: one of the behaviors change that i've seen with the influx of you know fintechs from from uh, England and Europe is that banks are definitely m- you know that their behavior is changing. So, so just to give you an example, a couple of years ago when we started talking to banks, you know, not a lot of banks were interested in, in in really talking to a fintech company. They looked at fintech companies as you know competitors, and they wanted to fend off. And then, and I'm not talking about all banks, but you know, some of the banks that we talked to. But I think with the influx of uh, these fintech companies, what what we see is that the behavior is definitely changing. Banks are more open to partnering with financial technology companies because they're realizing that attrition's going to happen regardless right the At- attrition's going to happen either way so either you try to fend off these companies or you you partner with these companies and you know that's a- an excellent example is barclays what barclays has been able to do with you know with the partnership with currency cloud and with like other companies like transferwise and stuff like that they've really grown that department you know their fintech mm-hmm. department So I think banks here in the U.S. are starting to realize that too. And also a behavior change in terms of SMBs too. I think SMBs are definitely more open to working with a non-bank now than they were a few years ago. But yeah, I mean industry trends, you know, it's definitely an interesting time to be in this space right now. I think I've talked to you about this before too. Five, you know, until 5 to 10 years ago, not a lot had changed in this in this uh space mm-hmm. since the inception of Swift, which was in 1973, right? But there's definitely a paradigm shift happening right now and and you can definitely feel it. You can feel things changing and I, and I strongly believe that in the next 5 to 10 years, uh things are going to look very very different in terms of cross-border payments or global banking solutions in, just in general, you know, it's definitely going to change.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And I think you know the way the economy is moving is we're all so interconnected to the global economy. The U.S. dollar is still uh, you know, the default currency, but things can shift away from that. And if we see that happen in the next five to 10 years, then we would certainly see a huge change in the behavior of the U.S., yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely, and I think one more point to add to that is that I, I think in the future, what's going to happen is right now we're seeing either you know banks trying to fend off fintechs, but I think the future in the next five to ten years, what it's going to look like is banks and fintech companies working hand in hand to better serve the needs of the client.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. We, we're definitely seeing a similar scenario where you know the banks in the United States. There's now we have probably I don't know, I think there's at least ten, maybe even around twenty of these. We're called sponsor banks that are, are basically right. just, you know, allowing fintechs to ride on their bank charter. And then they yep. just audit, they audit the fintechs, AML and KYC procedures, which I think is a fantastic development. And it also allows these smaller banks to compete with the big guys on a
0: better, on right. a better level. Right, right, absolutely, and I think um, and to that point, also some of the other fintech companies that have been around but haven't really, you know, played uh, played a role. Like you said, you know, being a, uh, uh, giving other fintechs an opportunity to do work under their license and stuff like that, or even becoming a liquidity provider for other fintech companies. You know, the kind of kind of like the model that Currency Cloud has. I feel like other fintech companies are kind of following your lead now too.
1: Yeah, it's great to see it. I mean, we you know started Currency Cloud in 2011, and back then. I think our founders would say, you know, there was it was really difficult to get a banking partnership. And now the coin has flipped and we have banks that are almost asking us to come do business with them. So it is. Absolutely.
0: You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're we're new in this space, you know, but we're definitely seeing that, too. The, even the same uh, banks or companies that we talked to a few years ago that were kind of like, eh, you guys are too new, you know. Uh, but now the the conversation's definitely changing. Excellent.
1: Well, Porch, you know, listen, I'm really excited about having you on the podcast and also excited about our partnership with Tigerflow uh, to help you guys get off the ground. What's the best way for anyone listening to get in touch with Tigerflow in case they're in need of assistance? Absolutely. Um, they can find
0: us at tigerflow.com. That is T-I-G-E-R-F-L-O, one word.com.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks again, Porsche. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. I'll see you out at Money 2020 in October. Definitely.
0: Absolutely. Sounds good, Jeff. And thank you. Thank you for having me on the podcast. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks.
1: Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com.
0: You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.